Natalie Shersho is our um, protagonist, our lead um, woman, and uh, she is. young girl who is, she plays Joey, who um, the story premise is, is about Joey, who's a 16-year-old girl whose father has recently died. She's sent off to live with her grandparents for the summer uh, while her mother is on a book tour. So she thinks she's going to have a pretty crummy summer. She goes to live with her grandparents, but pretty immediately gets swept up by the goth boy who lives next door and is transformed into a goth by him and his band of merry misfits in black is what we say, <laughs> Penn and Cobb, who are sort of their sidekicks. And uh, Victor's played by actor Jack Levis, who is from the Portland area. He's now in Los Angeles area going to school for screen acting. And a tremendous actor, uh, both Natalie and Jack have I've seen them so develop... Tremendous so, cheekbones. Yes, tremendous cheekbones. I've seen them develop so much as actors in the time that I've worked with them. You know, Jack, you wouldn't recognize him at all out of Victor makeup because he is very transformed. I'm Gregory Day. You're listening to a very spooky episode of pdxpodcast.com. At the top of the show, you heard Tara Johnson-Meddinger, whose new film, My Summer as a Goth, premieres Halloween night at the Northwest Film Center. Tara co-wrote, produced, and directed the film, which took the better half of a decade to produce. Today, Tara shares with us further details on the production. So it was co-written by uh, my high school best friend, Brandon Lee Roberts, and myself. He presented the first version of the script in 2009, so that's why I say it's a 10-year journey. And um, over the years, we've developed it, and lots of things have changed, and we've gone down lots of different paths, and ultimately... Different paths? Yeah, different paths. We had, you know... script changes? Oh, lots and lots of script changes. Really? Absolutely. Just to refine the story and make it the best story possible, I always say that the script you could bounce a quarter off of. We worked it so it's that much. Tight. It's that tight. And super smart writing. Like a John Hughes type? What's that? John Hughes type? Yeah, I mean, we, we certainly, you know, say we honor the kind of coming of age stories that we were um, affected by when we were, you know, in our teens. And, and we wanted to freshen that up to give it a modern spin. And and it has a nice sort of feminist uh, ending and strong characters. And so it kind of it takes that, that genre and spins it a little bit and makes it very real. Uh, I think that what we tried to do is honor the teenage experience and not necessarily make it fantastical. It's more about... Um, being real and having real emotions and a real journey that isn't kind of overboard and and but you see a very uh, strong transition that Joey goes through. Doesn't it seem sort of wrong to be dancing on someone's grave? I've got a secret for you, kiddo. They're already dead. They won't even know.
one of the things that we did initially is, you know, Brandon and I both have some goth roots and an affinity for wearing black and, and, you know, and just kind of the, the love of the darker side. And, um, but we wanted to make sure that we were doing it correctly because, you know, I don't, I'm an elder goth at heart is what I say and um, a goth ally and, but I don't live my life as a goth and I just, and there's a tendency, especially when you're working with subcultures like that to, you know, we didn't want to make fun at all and we didn't want to be perceived as that. So we reached out to our go-to goth, as we call her, Jillian Venters, who wrote the book Gothic Charm School and has a blog. I've seen that yeah. on her website. Yeah, yes. she's amazing. She is the lady of the manners and um, I call her the dear Abby to the goths. And she was really our uh, meter in terms of of story and making sure that we were honoring the subculture correctly and and was a huge and tremendous help especially to our actors because our actors are not goth they're actors who play goths and uh, it was really helpful for them to learn from her so she came down and did um, you know a day with us and and did some consulting with the actors to help them refine their characters and that was really exciting and then she also came down for production and she has a little bit part in the film how much of this is your life what happened to you and, and you as Joey? Well, I, I would say that there's elements of both Brandon and I's life. There's certainly some direct elements from, you know, we were, we've were we been best friends since we were 15 years old. And there's um, some experiences in this movie that are very real and um, came from experiences that we shared together. Um, I you know, so there's definitely an honoring to um, our lives as, you know, coming of age in the 80s. Um, but Joey, you know, she needed her own story. So that I think that that's where a lot of the refining came in to make sure that she had her own journey. One thing that is interesting and certainly was not planned is that both of our fathers passed away during the making of this film. And so I think it brought a deeper understanding of the experience that what Joey was going through in terms of loss. Uh, and that was really helpful in terms of further discussions with Natalie about Joey's character and her journey and the loss of her father. So it was, that was something that, you know, certainly wasn't expected, but it was an experience that happened that it, I think furthered our own understanding of what we were writing. Hello, Snarklings. Welcome to Gothic Charm School, the video, the first, yes, a video edition of Gothic Charm School, wherein I, the Lady of the Manners, will attempt to tackle that age-old question, what is goth?
Now I know there are a lot of goths watching this who at this point are slapping their foreheads and rolling their eyes and going, oh God, she's not going to talk about that issue. I am. Because you know what? There are some non-goths watching this and introductions are useful. So, what is goth? It started out as an artistic movement about 400 years ago. Gothic art, gothic architecture, gothic literature. Where do you think we get the term gothic novels from? Even if they started, you know, coming back in the 70s as weird gothic romances. Gothic architecture, that whole trend of having your very own fake abandoned mausoleum built in the backyard. Love that trend. Why can't we have it now? However, the form of goth people are a little more familiar with is a vague catch-all term for a musical movement that started after punk rock. The most seminal and well-recognized of that would be Bela Lugosi's Dead by Bauhaus. Don't fib, elder goth. It'll still drag you out onto the dance floor. I know, it gets me out there every single time. Goth is also an aesthetic that mixes funereal elegance with black humor, B-movie kitsch, and a healthy dose of vampires. Well, I worked for the Fox Network, so my career started in television. I started at a, an affiliate in Eugene, Oregon, but felt like I needed to do something a little more. So I packed my bags and had a couple of bucks in my pocket and went to L.A. And I landed at Fox, at the Fox Network, and ultimately worked my way up to being a manager in a department which was then called Affiliate Promotion. And what that means is that I was a network representative um, that worked directly with the creative services teams at different stations. So I had a group of 25 stations across the United States, and I was their direct contact. Is this the Arsenio Hall days? No, it was after no, that. After. Yeah, I got there in 96. Going way back. Yeah, so it was high time X-Files days. Oh, X-Files and Allie McBeal. Really and Certainly, it's, it feels like an entire lifetime ago that I worked at Fox, which it kind of was, but... Um, it's, you know, I worked on the Fox lot and um, I learned so much just working in that environment of television. I also, in addition to, you know, doing a lot of promo, um, I traveled the, the United States and went to many places that I never thought I would go to because I visited my affiliates. I worked with the publicity department and, um, you know, and helped with shows like Billboard Music Awards and Teen Choice Awards and um, also talent relations. So there were so many tremendous things that I gained from working there. And I started to find my taste for producing. So I knew that it wasn't my ultimate trajectory in terms of where I wanted to take my career. My former colleagues, my peers during the time that I was there had gone on to, you know, ultimately went on to lead the network. And um, many of them are still there in really powerful positions. And it's exciting to see what they've done with their career. But I, I knew that I wanted to do something different. What is this skill set that you need as a producer, and what do you have that possess that makes you so tailor-made to the position of being a producer? It's a big job. Sure, yeah, and a lot of people are like, what does a producer do? And I, I, 
I always say it's like navigating a, a minefield <laughs> or an obstacle course. You really have to see the whole thing and, and determine the best way to get through it. And sometimes that's, you know, jumping over things. Sometimes that's like just barreling through. And, you know, you have to um, be able to swiftly make decisions and, you know, uh, because a lot a, a lot is on the line and especially if you're in production and something goes wonky you need to be able to have a clear head to say okay here's my solution and delegate that out so you're not compromising your production in terms of losing a day or you know because time is money in production and if you go down for a day you still have to pay all your folks and you want to make sure that you're doing it making sure you're getting through it efficiently. The other part is just making sure that your director's vision is intact and doing whatever you can to make sure that their vision is seen through to screen. And sometimes you have to come to a compromise and then that's always there. If something is like a director has an idea and it's just not gonna work out, you work with them to find the best solution and so so that's in terms of how I am as a producer I really try to be as level-headed as possible find a solution for every problem and also just making sure that you have a very large community to surround you because uh, it may not just be film people that you need to access to help you with a solution or you know a particular item you need for production it may be that you need to call your friend who's a veterinarian or you know your scrap metal guy and so it's important to just have those tools ready and to say okay I know what to do you I made a film for me <laughs> for you and for thank many you. people I get I emails thank you every day it hasn't happened before yeah well, you're welcome. I really it's appreciate it. It's my pleasure, it. and I'm just, I'm so happy where it is and to finally yes. kind of push it out right. for everyone to see it. Wasn't it finished in February, and now it's just coming out? It's been, we've been tweaking on it. Post-production, tweaking. post-production takes a long time. Right. A long time. <laughs> just so. <to> thank <laughs> you again. I really appreciate it. You bet. All right, we've got a podcast. Okay. Today's show was produced and edited by Gregory Day, that's me. If you'd like to contact me directly, you can reach me at greg at pdxpodcast.com. We'll be back midweek. See you then.